Hello and welcome to the QA Therapy Podcast. Are you looking to improve your overall testing and quality practices? My name is Sergio Freire and I'm a solution architect and a testing advocate at X-Ray. And my name is Cristiano Cunha and I'm also a solution architect and test advocate. And we'll be your hosts and QA therapists throughout this series. In this podcast, we're going to tackle some of the most common testing and quality challenges that we all face in our teams. So if this sounds good to you, keep on listening. We see increased complexity in the systems being built nowadays, while at the same time, pressure to release more often. We use automation to assist us, but even so, it may not be enough. We still need to decide the tests we want to perform or automate and include it in our pipelines. Are there any techniques that can help? To assist us with this topic, we have Joel with us that um, will help us on finding more about this. But before welcoming him, let's see what actually brings us here. Let's see what kind of symptoms you may be feeling that has brought you to listen to this podcast. So ask yourself, do you feel a bit lost whenever trying to decide what tests to perform, how to get some useful test ideas, or is your system so complex that you feel it will take forever to test all the possible combinations? Or even if you can depict all possible combinations for a certain scenario, is there a subset that can maximize value? Or even are there any techniques that help us testing under certain situations? Or even how to make sure that certain combinations of variables are tested? All these are symptoms that we may not be aware of all the different testing techniques that exist and that we can actually use and the applicable scenarios for them. Let's dive a bit into this topic. And today we have here with us Joel Oliveira, our expert QA therapist to assist on diagnosis and prescription on the symptoms related to testing techniques. Joel has a long background into the testing space and actually in the space, and he has organized testing Portugal for several years. And he's a frequent speaker on conferences and meetups. Uh, everywhere around the world. Nowadays, he works at Cellfocus, where he's a senior uh, QA manager. Welcome, Joel. Are you feeling comfortable on our QA therapy couch? Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, Sergio, I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me for, for this. Okay, it's my pleasure. Great. So let's get the, the show started. And um, uh, I, I know... I knew you, uh, you for several years as well, and uh, our, let's say, main main topic here is about this uh, testing techniques. What is a testing technique? Um, well, that, that's that's a very good question, and uh, I try to 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 prepare myself for for today, of course, and I look for the definition. So, a procedure used to define test conditions, design test case, and specify test data. But myself, I like to to look for a testing technique from a more broader uh, perspective okay so for me it's it's a way of doing something of a way of doing a, a specific task and of course usually this involves some um, techniques and it's not just uh, sorry some skills and it's not just uh, uh, to do it but to do it in an efficient way 
Okay, so you can see this as a, a, a skillful or efficient uh, way of doing or achieving a specific goal. Yeah, and um, so now that we know what's, what's a testing technique, can you enumerate some of them? Uh, because maybe some of our um, listeners have heard about them, but they don't identify them as testing techniques. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can talk about specific techniques, uh, but I, I would prefer at this stage, uh, at least for now, to talk more about um, groups of techniques. Okay, so some classification mm -hmm. of techniques, at least the, the most uh, known ones. And if I talk about black box testing, white box testing, everyone will, uh, uh, at least hopefully this will ring a bell for everyone saying, oh, I know that. <laughs> of course, black box testing uh, or white box testing is not a technique itself, but uh, you can see this as a group of testing techniques, okay? So for example, when we are talking about black box testing, we can talk about equivalent partition, boundary value analysis or BVA, uh, decision tables, set decisions, uh, those are the, the most, uh, let's see, the, the, the names that will recall something for the ones at least that did the, the, the foundation or the ISTQ training. But the most common one, uh, it's actually the use case, right? Or the test case, everyone is writing test case. So that's the most uh, common uh, technique for the black box group. On white box, um, I will say the name of the category is common. The techniques themselves, they are not so so commonly used, at least like a statement or decision testing and coverage. Uh, but of course, you have other types of uh, techniques, other groups, probably some groups that uh, you will not recall as a, a group of testing techniques, like, for example, experience based or even agile testing techniques or test automation techniques. Okay, so later on, if you want, we can dive, dive a little bit more into these different types of uh, categories. Great. So you mentioned already a few of them. Let's pick this. I remember when I heard about BVA. BVA. And sorry for our listeners, because here in Portugal, sometimes in we mix the Bs with the Vs. <laughs> but BVA, Boundary Value Analysis. Um, Let's let's for example, if we can uh, pick one uh, such as boundary value analysis, if you can use that to explain uh, a bit more what about the technique uh, is? it in practice. Yeah. Okay. Can, Using that. Can I um, choose a different one, if you allow me? For yeah? sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I think it will be easier to explain the technique itself. Okay. And um, why? Because BVA requires a little bit more of knowledge. Okay, but in our days, with everyone moving to agile, this agile way of doing things, this new way um, that will solve all the problems, everyone is doing exploratory testing, right? ET uh, for the friends, as I call it. Okay, um, and the, what I realized, what I learned is that most of the, the testers that are doing exploratory testing actually they are not doing it, or at least they are not using the technique as it is supposed to, to be, okay? And for me, that, that's the, the easiest way to explain using the name or using the technique, okay? When you are using exploratory testing, and I ask for the tester, okay, how long is your testing session? They say, oh, we do that for days, or, you know, doing exploratory testing. And that's a very good insight that you are not using the technique. You are just using the name. OK, 
Okay, so for the technique, and remember what I said before, I see the technique as an efficient way of achieving something. Okay, so uh, exploratory testing implies that you have a time box and implies that during that time box, uh, your testing uh, activities are, uh, are not interrupted. So you cannot do that for several days, not even several hours. So maximum that you will have, it's one hour or two hours where you will be 100% focused on this testing activity. So comparing these, for example, with the test case, right, the, the most typical one, you finish the test case execution when? When you run all the test case, and hopefully uh, all the test cases are great, right? So you pass all of them. With exploratory testing, you finish when the time finish, right? So that's, that's the end condition. So applying the technique without all these details, it's actually not applying the, the, the technique. You need to, to understand the technique. You need to, uh, uh, to have this practice to be able to apply it correctly and to be able to achieve the added value of the technique, okay? Uh, so applying or believing that you are applying the technique without knowing, it's it's actually not helping anyone. Yeah, it's a good example, the, the exploratory testing one. Even though now uh, we are, like you said, applying it more uh, and more because of uh, DevOps and everything. So now it's um, even more used than, than it was before and, and rightly used not like doing a, an exploratory for days or weeks just because we are validating the, the, the release. I can share with you that, that I did um, actually uh, several workshops around the, the world, uh, specifically on testing techniques. And of course, uh, uh, exploratory testing was there. And on more than, than 20 places where I, I executed this, this, um, this training, this workshop, not even a single person was applying exploratory testing correctly. And so I think that yeah. that's a very good insight in, into this. Yeah, it's a very good example. So uh, you, you kind of already um, lift the veil here about the, the techniques. And the, my question here was more, how can those techniques help us save money and address more relevant risks? Okay. Um, I believe that having the techniques or not, it's uh, like uh, comparing, for example, a craftsman or a, a amateur, someone that is just doing, you know, uh, the traditional point on and click, right? That that was quite useful, uh, quite usual, or quite common uh, in the uh, 10, 20 years ago, uh, when QA or software testing was not seen as an added value. They were seeing just the guys that. Unfortunately, cannot do anything else, and they are just good using the, the mouse and doing point and click, right? Um, having this knowledge, having these test, uh, test techniques, uh, it's it's what makes the difference, right? It's what I call a professional tester, not just someone that mm -hmm. is doing tests. Okay, so bringing the value uh, um, uh, on, on on being a professional tester. Uh, it, it's quite easy to, 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 to explain. And of course, it saves money but, uh, and reduces the, the risk. Um, mm -hmm. Just becoming more efficient. Right? If you are more efficient on what you are doing, uh, if you are doing uh, more using less effort, uh, less time, 
uh, or if you are increasing your coverage or if you are reducing the risk and that's actually the focus on the test techniques right that that's where they can help you uh, and i can give you some some specific examples later on um that's yeah. that's for me it's where the, the money is it's where the value is yeah i i see the importance of knowing the techniques but one thing that you said is also important that is more than knowing the techniques it's know when to apply those techniques right because you you have to understand those and understand which one of them will be more useful for your use case for your application for your company so that's that's really but but you need to know them all to know which one you can use yeah 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 correct one of the concepts that i tend to, to use it's the concept of a tool set Okay, and uh, and um, for the ones that already um, saw me talking in, in, in several conferences, I always talk about the, the hammer, right? The hammer is probably the most used tool. Everyone knows how to use the, the hammer. And the, the hammer can be a, a template that you use in your previous project. It can be a test technique that you always use. So that's your go-to, that's your hammer. Like, the, for example, um, test case, right? Everyone knows how to write a test case. It's a technique that uh, you can feel comfortable with. So we always go for the test case. Sometimes without even challenging ourselves, if there is a better test technique that can help us to, 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 to achieve the same results in a more efficient way or to achieve better results. For example, if we are testing a, a, a flow, right? You can use state diagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, and probably that will um, increase your coverage and it will reduce the risk, making sure that you are not forgetting any specific transition or any specific state. Um, instead of just looking for the hammer, we should look to our tool set, understand all these tools, all these techniques that we have in our tool set and understand what is the, the, the best one for that specific need. Or it could be that it's not just one, but the combination of multiple test techniques. Joel, I think you already kind of answered this, but um, picking that, that coverage example that you, you mentioned, uh, are there techniques that are um, more tailored to in order to improve coverage? And um, if so, what kind of coverage? Because there's also this kind of mix up in sometimes people are talking about uh, different kinds of coverage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, are, are there any techniques to in order to improve uh, specific kinds specific kinds of coverage? Yeah, for example, when, when we are talking about white box testing, like uh, statement and decision testing coverage, of course, those techniques are specifically for, for coverage and uh, and uh, they will help to achieve a specific uh, coverage uh, level, right, or percentage. Um, but even the, the other techniques can also help you to um, to increase the coverage. And by increasing the coverage, I'm, uh, I, mean, I mean to um, avoid forgetting a specific case, okay? Not just edge case. For example, let's go for the most simple one. Uh, test case, right? When we are talking about test case, um, just using negative and positive test case that can increase the, the, the coverage, right? So it's a very, very simple one. Um, when we are talking about um, combinations, for example, right, combinatory testing, uh, just applying the technique will also ensure that 
you are not forgetting any combination. Uh, but by the other side, you also have the, the example where the, the number of combinations is so high uh, that you will never test everything, right? And there's another yeah. techniques can be used, like for example, pairwise testing, uh, where you can optimize. In this case, I will say that it, it looks like you are not increasing the coverage because actually pairwise reduces the, the, the coverage. Okay? Uh, so you will not have all the, the combinations. But it increases at least the number of combinations that you are able to execute. Okay, there is no point on having you know 1,000 different combinations if you know that you will not execute them all. Right. In the end of the day, we are humans. Right. So if you need to execute the same test 1,000 times with the same, just with different combinations on the parameters, you know, halfway through. <laughs> If not before, you will just give up and say, you know, I did 10, 20, 100 test cases and they all work. So I just passed everything green and, you know, <laughs> let's call it a day, right? We will not execute 100 or 1000 test cases just with different combinations. So being more efficient, it's where these uh, different techniques can help. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, as we see, we have a lot of techniques around. So, so how can someone that did, do not know techniques yet and now is coming uh, to this new world and, and knowing that you have all of these techniques, how can they choose one over another for a specific case? Um, well, there is no silver bullet, right? So first you need to, yeah. to learn. That, that's the, the first step. You need to learn all these different techniques. You need to learn the theory about them. Um, you know, the advantages, disadvantages, when they apply, when they don't apply. So you need to, to know that, okay? And the second step, it's practice. So it's it's not just the, the experience. Yeah, exactly. You, you cannot just learn a technique reading a book. <laughs> you need to exercise yourself. You need to, to, to practice it. You need to bring it to the real world. Uh, and the third step, it's to repeat all over again. Okay, so you need to keep learning and you need to keep practice. That's the, the only way uh, uh, to, to improve. It's, it's a closed cycle. Um, and then with this experience, it will come also uh, the, the, let's say the, the, the techniques that you will need to apply or it will be easier for you to understand in each different situation, what will be the, the, uh, the right technique to, to apply. Um, of course, you can, apply or you can have some criteria for the different techniques for example if you have a technique that it's based on experience and if you're and if you don't have a, an experienced team probably you should not choose those type of techniques right um if you if you are uh, not uh, if mm -hmm. you are not a technical tester probably you should not go with the uh, white box testing techniques, right? Because the, the, they are much more technical and close to, to the code. So you need really to, to, to be able to understand the techniques, all the techniques that you can have on your test set, and then depending on, on your context, okay? Because that's really important. Your context, you need to be able to identify the, the right techniques, okay? And let me stress this again. Context is quite important. And there is no silver bullet that you can just use saying, okay, for this project, this is the right technique to, to use. Joel, um, would you say that are uh, part of the techniques uh, 
are there techniques that are more, let's say, tailored for test automation than others? Yeah, for sure. Some, some of them are more applicable for test automation. Uh, for example, like um, data-driven testing or keyword-driven, uh, they are more um, um, feasible or adjusted for test automation, right? TDD, uh, BTD, uh, ATDD, you know, all, all these three or four letters uh, uh, type of techniques, they are also mm -hmm. uh, more adjusted for um, uh, test automation or for a scenario where you are doing test automation. But for example, BDD or behavior driven development, which, so of course it's a test automation technique, or you can see that as a test automation technique from a broader uh, sense, broader point of view. Um, but you can use at least partially this technique. For example, you can write a manual test case using Gherkin, even without the test automation part, right? So you can use part of this technique at least uh, for manual testing, even if it's a, a, um, a test technique that is mostly uh, focused on, on uh, test automation. Uh, another example, um, data-driven testing, for example. Okay. And it's one of my favorite techniques uh, together with pairwise testing. So data-driven testing, everyone thinks on data-driven testing for test automation. Say, oh, I'm doing test automation. I'm not doing test automation, so I cannot use data-driven testing. Wrong, okay? Well, even when you are doing uh, a simple uh, login test, and it's a manual test, right? And you need to write all these test cases for the positive and negative scenarios uh, and with different inputs, you don't need to write them all. Right? You just need to use a proper test, test management tool that allows you to, to use this technique even for manual testing. Okay? And then during the execution time, if it's a proper tool, then it will explode all these different combinations based on your test, test data. <laughs> so you will have the, the different executions with the same script, but different inputs, different expected outputs. Okay, so it's quite useful, and you think uh, carefully on this, you spend more time on writing than on the execution. And that's even more valid on the manual testing, right? We spend a lot of time writing specifications, writing test case. If you can save time there and you can apply the right techniques, that's a huge improvement on your testing efforts. Yeah, so basically, we can uh, adapt some of the techniques yep. to be used in different contexts in different ways. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, are there any misconceptions around testing techniques? Such do you have like uh, one uh, one size fits all kind of technique, <laughs> or do you think that we can mix match a lot of techniques and uh, to reach an outcome? So how? What's your experience on this? Yes, several several ones. So, well, the first one we just talked about it, right? Oh, so some techniques are just applicable for manual testing, or some techniques are just applicable for test automation, right? Like that. That's the most common one. Um, the second one, the biggest one, I will say it's most probably the. Um, I need a very expensive tool to apply a technique. Okay or I don't have time to apply the technique. That's also a common one. <laughs> so having this or applying these techniques, uh, uh, they don't require expensive tools or complex tools, and the, uh, they, will not, uh, they will not require more effort. Actually, they will 
save you some some effort so that that's uh, the i will say the misconception that or the two misconceptions mm -hmm. that i see more and it always goes to you know, it always goes to my mind that uh, that drawing where you will see a, a team um pushing something with with a a square wheel right trying to push a oh, car yeah. with a square wheel and then someone said oh i have this round wheel and it will save you some time and I say oh no i'm too busy now i we don't have time for any any improvement <laughs> you can change right? it you can change it now <laughs> and, and that's basically what i see with the test techniques right when i uh, go to a team and say guys there is a better way of doing it right and they say oh yes um, but i don't have time now <laughs> Okay, so that, that's the big misconception. Uh, Joel, you, you mentioned already a bit about um, uh, combinatorial testing, and uh, I remember that you mentioned pairwise testing. And uh, um, I think pairwise testing is really an interesting thing. Uh, when it, would it be a good fit to use um, with, let's say, if you could give you an example. Example. Um, well, I can give you two different examples. Okay. One, um, it's it's quite frequent ones in our days where you'll need to to test uh, different versions or with different versions of the software or different versions of the browser or different versions of the operating system. Right. When you need to test desktop, mobile, and in mobile you have iOS, you have Android, and then uh, you can explode this with different versions. So you can use data-driven testing to optimize these, these uh, uh, combinations, okay? So the pairwise testing for the ones that don't know it, it will not give you all the, the different combinations, but it's what they call uh, all pairs. So it, it will uh, give all the pairs of all the different uh, uh, values or the different parameters that you can use uh, for the, the, the testing. Um, it's an optimized, you can see this as an optimized set of combinations, okay? And, and it's quite, quite useful from this perspective. Um, and I, I call out this example with, with the browsers uh, or with the operating systems and the device, because it's quite common still in our days when you go to a customer and say, oh, we want you to test all, <laughs> everything. Right, <laughs> uh, all the different browsers, all the different uh, uh, combinations: desktop, mobile, iOS, Android. And when you go to Android, then you know <laughs> it explodes, right? And if you have different countries, then the device in multiple countries are also different. Um, so it's, it's it's impossible. So you need to have a technique that will be able uh, uh, that, that will help you to reduce the scope and something that you can explain to the customer. Okay. Of course, you can use uh, different techniques. You can go with risk-based testing. You can go with a simple 80-20, uh, the, the Pareto analysis, right? Where, where you will uh, have 20% um, of the device that cover 80% of, of the market, or you can also use um, uh, pairwise testing for, for this, okay? This is one, one example, one, one scenario where I think pairwise testing can be quite, quite useful. The other one, it's uh, whenever you have a form, okay? a form with different parameters, and I will say that that covers almost like the uh, like the IRS. Yeah, for example, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and, and I will say that that covers you know let's let's use it eighty twenty right eighty percent of our test case 
use um, uh, these different types of forms and inputs that you need to, to fill in with different uh, parameters. And it could be uh, imp uh, a numeric input, it can be a drop list if you are under 80, if you are uh, under 20 or over 20. So you need to have all these different combinations, right? Um, and pairwise, it's quite useful for that because it helps you to understand all the different combinations. Uh, recently, I <laughs> I've reported a, a, a defect on, on LinkedIn. I created a post because I was you know, just playing with the, with the AC on my car. And actually one of the combinations was not available. So, you know, these uh, ACs with uh, multiple zones, right? You have the driver and you have the passenger seat. And I was able to, to, to switch both of them with different values. But for the passenger, one of the values was missing. Okay, and um, and I ask the, the community, okay, how can we, uh, you know, avoid these kind of defects? Said, and some of guys, of course, they said exploratory testing because exploratory testing is everywhere and solves all the problems. You know, to find these kind of problems with exploratory testing, it will not be easy. You need to be basically lucky to try that combination, right, and to understand, oh, this combination is not available. So you need something a little bit more structured. Uh, that will uh, a different technique that will give you different combinations and uh, uh, with with uh, this type of techniques then you'll be able to to see that we have we have a defect there and and it's valid if you tell me well pairwise could give you a combination that will not exercise that defect it's true it's valid okay so quality and software testing is also the, is always this balance this equilibrium right this between uh, uh, quality and uh, and the cost, right? If you have more money, more time, you can test everything or almost everything. Um, but you need to to understand your context and uh, time and money. It's always a, a limitation that that you have. So probably pairwise will help on this. Joel, let let me let me step back for a, for a bit and then because you mentioned also exploratory testing earlier and now. Um, and well, some some people mention exploratory testing more as an approach. Some highlight it as a technique, as you uh, were mentioning. What's your take? Why why do you do you highlight it more like a a technique um, than, for example, than a, an approach? I know that in our days we tend to focus a lot, and I see lots of the discussions about the sometimes about the English words, or if it's a method, if it's a technique, if it's a, uh, what is manual testing, what is automation. You know, I, I tend to not get into that discussion. Um, for me, I see it as a, as a, another tool in my toolbox, uh, uh, another uh, tool that I can use to improve my testing efforts. Okay, something that will help me to be more efficient on, on my testing activities. And for me, that's a technique. Something that is part of your, let's say, testing tool belt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's, it's, it's something that requires uh, skills. Okay, I, I need to have a specific set of skills to, to use this. Um, and it's, it's, it's a way of doing things, okay? That's for me the, the, the definition of the, of the technique. And, and do you see any new techniques appearing? Any new things that you are uh, looking forward to? 
or that are promising or you don't see any new techniques appearing for a while? What's your, what do you um, think about? Yeah, well, well I'm quite uh, keen on, on, on um, AI, right? I think we are all expecting to <laughs> see something coming out from AI. Uh, if it will come out or not, we don't know yet. Um, but that, that's what I'm expecting. Okay, so I'm expecting that together with AI, we will be able to, to improve our, our testing efforts. And it could be uh, uh, the same approach that we are already using with all these techniques, right? We are not just using one single technique. We are using a mixture of techniques. So for example, we can use data-driven testing together with keyword-driven or together with pairwise or all, to, all the, the, the free techniques together. So we don't need to use mm -hmm. just one technique or the other. What I'm, I'm expecting to see, it's something that comes out from AI that will leverage on the techniques that already exist today, but improve them somehow, okay? making them more efficient. Yeah. That's, that's a, a tricky one because uh, there, there's a, a way that AI may uh, need less smart people to use them because the AI will do the intelligent part of it. So we, we may be in a future where testers will not even need to know these techniques because AI will apply and combine those for them yeah. and yeah. give them results. I hope not because at least, at least we will need to understand what's behind it. But yeah, AI, it's a big, big, big uh, yeah. thing that we have around. We, we talk about experience-based testing, right? And uh, when we're talking about experience-based yeah. testing, I actually didn't talk about the, the different techniques, but for example, we have uh, error guessing or checklist-based, okay? And error guessing mm -hmm. is something where you can apply the experience. And it's, it can be looking, for example, for patterns, right? You can look for a historical database with errors, try to identify patterns, and then look for the same exact patterns on a new version mm. of the system. And you know, AI it's very good. It's actually where it, it is good. It's identifying patterns, right? So it could be exactly. could be yeah, really yeah. a way where AI can use a lot of information. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So uh, we are reaching the, the end of the episode. So. Where can we learn more about these testing techniques? Do you have any source that we that you can share? Um, yeah. Well, in, in our days, you have multiple sources, right? It's, it's more about finding <laughs> the reliable source and, and not yeah. so much about finding finding source. So I always like to to to, to refer to the ISTKB. Uh, for me, that's that's a reliable source uh, that, that, uh, where you can look. Uh, um, for the techniques. And then of course you need to learn how to use them. Okay. And for that, my personal advice, it's it's to look for specific workshops. Okay. To try to, to learn with uh, uh, other testers with, with experience, look for, for specific workshops on the specific techniques. Um, I will recommend that more than just looking for Udemy or YouTube videos, things like these. Mm -hmm. Um, that can point you on the right direction, but can also point you into the wrong direction on the techniques. I already saw several examples of that. So uh, uh, at least for now, I think it will be, it's it's still more reliable, you know, trustful to, to go uh, um, and try to learn uh, with, with someone uh, that has a track record on, on the field. Yeah. And try it on, on, on your yeah. work also. Yeah, for sure. 
and compare what what helped me also was compared with a testing technique and without like I was used to do and see what what was the outcome if I save time if not what are the combinations that I will do without a technique or not. It helps, but it's uh, an investment of time uh, that you need to do also. I, I remember that, uh, in fact, you, you putting our hands and learning with the, the someone from the field is really important. That's when I learned a bit more about model-based testing. Uh, and I think... Uh, it's something that we need to put our hands on in order to exercise and uh, and also ask, let's say, for advices because because easily you get stuck whenever you are trying to implement uh, to uh, implement, let's say, a test technique, uh, for example, and you need to to ask advice from someone that that is there. So. Thank you, Joel, for being here with us today. It was a pleasure. We uh, learned uh, so much uh, about uh, the the different testing techniques and uh, some benefits uh, that they can bring to, to, to teams in order to test more efficiently and with better outcomes. Thank you. All right. Okay, Serge, thank you. Thanks, uh, Christian, also for the, for this time. It, as I said before, it was my pleasure. And hopefully see you uh, uh, next time around the world. Thank you. Thanks. Before ending our episode, it's time for some vitamins. We know that in general, they are good for our health. In this case, we will be talking about vitamin X, where X stands for X-ray. First, X-ray supports data-driven testing. That gives you the possibility of defining the test data combinations that you want to check. You may define data sets with multiple parameters, define their values, and then let X-Ray make the combinations for you. And you can do this at different levels. But X-Ray Enterprise uh, also supports more advanced scenarios. Whenever your goal is to provide a high level of coverage with a very limited number of test cases, with X-Ray Enterprise, you can generate optimized test scenarios by using state-of-the-art pairwise and other related algorithms. This means better use of your time and of your infrastructure. Test more and what matters with less effort. In case you opt for state precision testing as a technique, X-Ray also provides integration with well-known module-based testing tools, open source and commercial, and the documentation provides tutorials showcasing this integration. And we have reached the end of our episode. And in this episode, we have learned that testing is not an impossible task, even though the number of possible testing scenarios is infinite. But whenever trying to decide the tests to perform, we can make use of well-known testing techniques to come up with different test scenarios. Testing techniques can help us increase coverage, reduce risk, and in the end, deal with the fact that we are and we always be limited by human resources, infrastructure, and timing constraints. Learning and trying different techniques is key to improve our testing skills and in the end, make sure we depict the problems that matter so we can address them on time. So see you in our next therapy session. Happy testing. Happy testing.